It's Friday afternoon. I hope you've had a good week. Mine's been cool. Mine's been busy. Um, this week on the podcast, I hope you've enjoyed it. We've had a social media checklist. We've had Instagram story hacks. We had an interview with Blondish and Anastasia. And we had our Monday motivation. What things are you liking? Drop me a DM on Instagram, at Graham Farmer, or tweet me at Graham underscore DT. Hi, by the way, I'm Graham Farmer, and I this is my Boost podcast. Uh, Boost is a brand that I've started uh, for my Boost one-to-one coaching. We've done Boost Breakfast at IMS and BMC. Uh, some more of those coming up soon. We're going to announce something more, so keep them peeled. We have done Boost Club events, and we have a Boost Weapons series, which is our record, which is a, a record label for releasing from our one-to-one coaching gang. And now we have this, my Boost podcast. Today, I'm going to have an interview. I'm speaking to John Gold from Hyped It, and we're going to chat about this, his platform. So let's dive into it. Hey, John, how are you doing? Hello, mate. How are you? Hi, Graham. I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Friday afternoon. Uh, the desk beers might come out soon. And, <laughs> and Very good. generally just rolling into the weekend. Yeah. Great time of the week. Great time of the week. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I tend to work on Saturdays so still a little bit now. It's just because uh, I find it really... If my daughter's not here, then it's really good for me, you know? Yes, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> we As music folks, we always, you know, work. And it's always fun, which is... Uh, yeah. our, our Sunday, Sundays I have as my day of rest. And I switch everything off and I just disconnect. And I and either I just just do nothing for Sundays. It's, yeah, always Sundays. Day of rest. I love it. I appreciate the discipline. I uh, I, I still got to play with something on Sundays. <laughs> That's fun. It can be fun. So let's jump into it. Um, let's let's just for the people that don't know who you are and what hyped it is. Let's just talk about that briefly uh, and just kind of go through kind of episode one, comic book number one, uh, origin story. Ah, okay. Yeah. No, definitely. I'm definitely happy to share this. So, uh, uh, first of all, um, John Gold is my name. I'm the founder um, of HypedIt.com. HypedIt.com is a platform that helps music artists reach and get more fans for their music. And uh, we do this by providing a number of technology tools, most prominently download gates, um, but there are some other promotional tools under the hood. So we're going to maybe talk about some of that later. Um, but uh, but where where did all of the, that start? So that's a that's a good question. So I'm uh, obviously it starts with me as a music artist. You know that I go way back um, when I was in in high school. I fell in love with electronic music and um, I started to DJ. I started to produce music, and um, it was just something that uh, really. Like from these early days, molded me into like what I am today. Like music is the thing for me. Can't envision um, life without it. And um, I was I was lucky enough that um, uh, relatively soon after getting into music and and starting to build my production business and and a little recording studio and those kinds of things, um, I, I had some luck with some early releases. You know, I got a small record label deal at the time. That record did really well, uh, you know, got into the club charts at the time, um, which gave me attention and other record, deal, record deals followed. And, um, you know, like a year or two later, uh, I, had a, I had a major deal with Warner. Um, so that was, that was, you know, pretty exciting times. I was sick. I was when, in the when was there. Sorry? When, oh, that's really cool. When, whenabouts was that? Oh, we are talking. We're talking like end of the '90s, so this is uh, is a little while ago. But yeah, I was I was with Warner. I was, you know, was I was touring internationally. I was I was playing shows in like in different countries, and um, there were small shows. There were big shows. You know, I remember that one night we were. 
we were booked at a um, at a at a sort of an airport rave event somewhere in Zurich, and we were driving up to the hangar, and the DJ inside was playing one of my records. I wasn't even on stage yet. This was like when we were sort of still arriving early in the evening, and the, the crowd went nuts. It's like one of the most amazing. Uh, you know, moments, uh, you know, I won't ever forget. But, um, you know, there was a lot of fun during that time, of course. But then, um, you know, they dropped me. Um, and uh, basically from one moment to the other, I basically, you know, I, I had no record deal anymore. I had no label. And my music career was pretty much uh, shut down. Like I had no business. There were no more gigs. There were no more earnings from music. And um, obviously this, there was no more fun with it either, it felt pretty awful. It like felt like I was being kicked to the curb. Um, but uh, but but I wasn't ready to give up. The music is just too important. So uh, you know, out of this passion for music, and obviously you know, I owed it to my my early supporters and my family to to get back on track with music. Um, I was determined sort of to turn this around, but. There was a there was a significant problem at the time. The problem was I had no fan base that I owned or controlled. Everything had been done by the record label. Like my email list was literally zero. Um, and uh, you know we're talking about time, like the early days of SoundCloud. Like this goes back a while, right? SoundCloud didn't exist and wasn't as big as it as it is today. So um, if you had no fan base, you basically had nothing. Right. Um, and and sort of I realized without fans nothing happens. Like fans are the key to your music career. So my question was, okay, so how can I grow a fan base as quickly as possible, and uh, and definitely faster than just you know putting out good music and then waiting for everything else to to magically happen by itself, which. Um, you know, I don't think is, is a recipe for success. Um, and uh, so problem number one, no family, how do I grow this fast? But that led me sort of to problem number two, which is I wasn't, I wasn't a marketer. I was only a musician. Like my, all my passion was in music. Um, I had no, I had no training in promoting and marketing my own music. I had, I had little budget. Uh, I had no experience because everything had been done by the record label, but, but their focus wasn't, uh building up my fan base right their focus was just um putting out the music uh on, on sale in stores moving copies and then you know doing a lot of compilation licensing and those kinds of things so um so you know, those those were sort of significant hurdles and um and and an idea came along right and the idea was um what if i what if I could just share a download of my music in return for social support so that my fans could help me with the marketing? And um, I wasn't selling music anyway, so so why not use it as a marketing tool and give it away for free? Because right. if you think about it, that happens around us uh, all the time. Right? We, we come across this kind of trade online in all kinds of places, whether you, you give your email address for a PDF or a video or music or whatever it is that like trading value for cutting information um, is is one of the most solid um, steps in any sort of online business and and that's what I considered you know me building an online business for my music right so as musicians we have to be entrepreneurs in a way um, and uh, so anyway so I had this idea so what if I could build a music store where fans could sort of quote unquote buy my music with follows and likes and reposts instead of hard money, right? That's where sort of this idea settled on, if that sort of existed. Um, and I looked online and I didn't find anything. Nothing was around at the time. So again, we're thinking like way, way, way back. This is like years back, right? <laughs> um, so I decided to just jump on it and build it. And um, that was the, that was really the, the the initial birth of of hyped it so i created this tool i used it um then other artists saw it and and wanted to use it too and you know now like over half a decade later right, hyped it is is used by a global community of artists that covers all continents all genres all different career stages right on hyped it you have artists who are just starting out 
um, trying to build their initial fan base. But then you also have like, you know, big guys that are on the DJ Mac top 100s um, who are already, you know, global success stories, but they're using this to to boost their, their fan base even further and um, and do those kinds of things. So, you know, whether it's like a vintage culture or Vinay or Vini Vici or Lesso or Will Sparks or Ali and Fila, you know, just to drop a few names, right? All, all artists who, um, who continue to advance their careers with, with some of the tools that we have. So um, it's really, that's, that's, that's really it. So, um, yeah, and, I think, I think, I think, think yeah, I think I come across it maybe a good four years ago, at least. A, yeah, a good four years ago, minimum, maybe, maybe, maybe longer. I've been on it for a long time and I know my download gates have kind of got me definitely, well, I've seen the stats and it's probably like, 30,000 new followers on my on my main SoundCloud. Minimum. Yeah, yeah. And and that's, you know, that's that's a that's a great result and not unheard of over that period of time. But if yeah. you um it's it's a pretty simple mechanism. If you put out good content that fans generally want to download or listen or new listeners generally want to want to own and download and use, then um, then it's a no-brainer trade. Right? They just unlock the download in the process. They help you promote your music by sharing it, by you know, by reposting it, or or following you on any of your social profiles. Maybe sharing the email address, and uh, so you know, both sides benefit, which which I love, and that makes it such a such an exciting tool, I think, for musicians. Yes, yeah, it's, it's I, yeah. I, I'm as you know, I'm fully in love with it, and uh, um, I've I've gained so much out of it, and I, I have multiple strategies for using it um depending on who what i'm what i'm giving away and when i'm giving it away and yeah we can maybe go into that in a bit later i guess as well i guess the next thing i guess for me is future wise as i read a stat the other day saying that by 2030 75 uh, percent of all revenue will come from streaming and, and music uh, and I wondered how that might affect you as a kind of if people are not downloading stuff, how that would affect you as a as a as a business, I guess, and the plans to kind of where you're moving next as a business. Yeah, no, it's a great question, and the, it's it's a question that comes up every once in a while. I also you know get approached by artists sometimes that um, that say uh, you know, hey John, you know, download gates, I get it, but what do I need those for? Everybody's just streaming music these days. Like why, why would anybody um, want to download? And, um, and uh, I, I think there's, there's sort of a slight misperception there maybe um, how, how independent music artists can build a sustainable music career. Um, I mean, the, the, this is a big topic. We could probably fill like two podcasts on that. Actually, <laughs> I think what you have going on is a little bit of this um, this mentality that a lot of independent music artists who are trying to build their career. They look up to the big guys, the big guys with the major record label deals. Right. Um, and and uh, it, I mean, that's really nobody's fault, right? How would you not look up to sort of the big guys in the industry that you see on big stages and that you see at the top of the charts? But the business model of those guys is based on millions and millions of marketing dollars behind them. Um, they are like these guys are getting marketed all over the place so that uh, that there is sort of a certain relevance around their music that builds in the mindset of the crowd and that means they're they can acquire a lot of streams and there is additional royalty there and um, and at the end of the day it's a um, it's a profitable business for the record labels but sort of for us smaller independent artists the viable business model is not to pour millions of dollars of marketing budget um, into our careers, right? For us, at least that's what that's the approach sort of I'm taking and I'm recommending most independent artists. The approach is build your fan base, like focus on a small fan base that you build real connections with and then sell things to them directly as a revenue source. If you have the ability to tour and play gigs on top of that, even better, right? But not all of us do. I mean, I'll say I have I have a family now. I have small kids. Um, like the days when when I played a gig on a Friday or Saturday on a Sunday um, are over for me. And um, 
and uh, I don't miss it because I love spending the time with the, with the family. But the amazing thing is there's still a viable business model for us out there, even if we can tour just through online sales. And streaming for, for like us independent artists is not a major source of revenue. There are much better sources of revenue, which is still direct music sales uh, or direct merchandise sales. It's just all about building that fan base and then having something that you can offer to this fan base directly. Right, whether it is uh, again music merchandise, maybe it's stems, maybe it's presets, um, you right, know, maybe, yeah, yeah. like you know what, whatever it is, you got to be again. I like most successful independent music artists I see approach this with both an artistic and an entrepreneurial mindset. I think you need a little bit of both, um, but that's why the major industry is moving to streaming. There is no doubt about that, right? Yes, but 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 the sort of the industry quote-unquote industry for the small independent music artists works a little bit differently because for us it's really about building those true fans that want to support us and um, and and I have tracks that I don't even put on Spotify because I know I'm getting more out of this if I only make them available for example through a gate so I'm getting uh, the social support through the gate or because I'm putting them on an EP or an, or an album or um, right. I, I put it together in a package with like a t-shirt or something and, and I only sell it direct to my fans online. Um, in those cases, putting it on Spotify would actually hurt your success potential. Um, and I, su I, suppo so and I suppose that there's still like, there's still people that buy records and that's that never that didn't die when, when downloading happened and they'll, and they'll, even though streaming is happening, there'll still be people that will be down, they'll download and even in the future. So this this you know yeah and and there's i mean there's, there's a big problem with with all those stats that you read which is that the stats are mostly reflection of the major label industry but yes. there is no such thing as one music industry or one business model in the music industry there are different business models in the industry and the business model for independent music artists um is is, is vastly different than the business model that the major record labels um, are building for their artists but if like i have i have my own online store and i'm using shopify for it if i sell music through my own shopify store that shows up in nobody's stat that you know that's not right. captured by any by you know by any publication um that's tracking uh, music sales or something like that so so i would take those those like you know stats that reflect global trends um i would uh, i would take those with a grain of salt and again mostly reflection of what what happens in the major label industry but not necessarily what happens um all over the place i mean there are music artists who are raising millions of dollars using kickstarter right that right. shows up in none of these stats and yeah, yet yeah, yeah. become really viable um a path to economic success for music artists so the other thing i was thinking is Obviously, like your main plat main connection is SoundCloud, um, and uh, from what I've been watching with SoundCloud, it's, it's changing into a more Spotify-based. We're focusing on tracks and artists, and not like curators like myself, mix uh, or, or people that put mixes up online. And mix my mix, I, I've seen mix numbers go down massively. You know, do does you know hyped in in the future kind of become this place for hosting mixes because all the other places are just disappearing and you don't need to upload it to SoundCloud and you don't need to build a SoundCloud following or if you do, you could still build a SoundCloud following but, you know, the platform becomes more more this place that is mix-based as well, you know? Yeah, and uh, no, I hear it's, it's a good question. Um, I mean, first of all, I, I love SoundCloud. I, I've been the SoundCloud fan from the beginning and I still think it is one of the most viable platforms for independent music artists. The reason why I love it so much is that it has this very, very important feature, which is the repost <laughs> that I think other than Mixcloud, uh, you know, none of the big music platforms has. So uh, when, if you put out music, for example, on Spotify, it, I mean, it's obviously it's a different ball game. It's like a paid service. There's, there's, you know, other royalty numbers possible than maybe on SoundCloud at the moment, but, but fans can't as easily as on SoundCloud support you directly with a repost. And um, that's why I'm, I continue to be a big fan of SoundCloud support of viral music distribution. Now, I would, 
Um, it, it's interesting that you said you, you hyped it as something that's uh, mainly supportive of SoundCloud. I don't, it doesn't feel to me like that. If you look at all the platforms that we have integrated on our uh, download gate, it is, you know, you have SoundCloud, of course, you have Spotify, you have YouTube, you have Facebook, you have Instagram, um, you have Twitter, you have Mixcloud. Um, we're about to launch Facebook Messenger as integration. So, I mean, it's for us, it's about what are the most relevant platforms to uh, get heard, like spread music and get fan support on. Um, and, you know, there might be a platform in two or three years that we don't even you know, we don't even know about yet, or it's still too small for us to have heard about it. Um, but you know, that is something that we would look to integrate when it reaches sort of a, a certain uh, critical mass. So, um, uh, hyped it is uh, hyped it is sort of married to the idea that uh, that the key element to a music artist success is a real engaged fan base. And that's why we help music artists reach and get more fans. But what the platforms are and the channels um, through which artists want to reach those fans, this is something that just evolves over time. You know, Hyped It Today is a reflection of um, the, the sort of the, the online music environment, but it might look different in, in five years. It will certainly look different in 10 years. Um, but the one thing that I'm, I'm fairly certain that even in five years, even if we're talking about different different online platforms that have evolved in the online music space, it's still a matter of an artist having fans uh, in order to build a career. And and that's that's yeah. what we're trying to deliver um, at any point in time. I like the way they use fans and not followers. So I, I'm a big I'm a big I'm advocate of having fans and not followers. Followers just are nothing and fa fans actually believe in what you're doing, which is important, I, th I feel. Uh, absolutely. I, I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head there. Um, followers are, in a way, maybe vanity stats. Yeah. You know, a lot of followers um, can look good, um, but you know, we all know you can go to Fiverr and and buy like whatever number of followers you want. So yeah, yeah. Um, but that doesn't buy your career. Like a follower stat number doesn't advance your career at all. But having real fan connects, like people that really know you, love your music, and support you, that advances your career. At the end of the day, you know, it's very simple. It's all about human-to-human -human interactions. You know, whether that's reflected in an email address on your list or a follow relationship on Spotify, or on SoundCloud, or on Instagram, or wherever. It's all about, it's all about folks like literally falling in love with each other, like your fans yeah. falling in love with your music, <laughs> falling in love with you. It's it's as simple as that. It's it's human relationships. That's that's what holds the key to success here. Nice. Yeah. I mean, so let's so so just to close out this this businessy section of the of our, our chat, I just wondered if you had any regrets as either a DJ or an entrepreneur. Um. No, I mean. You know, as I know you have family, I have family. I think, you know, for us, there's so much passion in what we do. Um, it's always a little bit of a, a balancing act. You're making sure family and business get sort of the proper uh, attention of, of your time and your energy. So I would say sometimes I have sort of regrets about, you know, spending time in the wrong places, maybe. Um, but um, uh, yeah, but that's it. I, I don't. I think there's there's no major sort of regret event. <laughs> it's nice. just like a constant. It's just a, a constant balancing act, right? Yes. Between between uh, professional and family life. I feel. Yes, I agree. I agree completely. Right. Let's move on to the fun stuff. Let's move on to tips and let's talk about promoting yourself as a DJ um, and using download gates and. I guess let's just start, just in case people don't know, because I'm sure there probably are, that, that what is a download gate, what are they for, why do you use them, and why do you see the benefit of them? Yeah, okay, absolutely. So, um, download gate, again, I, looked at, I look at it as a, as a music store that lets you uh, trade a download of your music in, ex in, exchange, for, um, uh, in, ex in exchange for social support and contact information, right? So people buy your music with what I call social currency, 
instead of hard currency. But it's a trading platform. You trade, so you have something to give and you want to receive something in return. And you need a platform that facilitates that trade, right? It makes sure that somebody can only download your music, for example, after they have really, um, you know, followed you on SoundCloud or reposted your track on SoundCloud or followed you on Spotify or whatever it is that you want. So a download gate um, uh, on our end is is a fully customizable um uh, a, a fully customizable sort of front end for that trade. Like it's a mini page for your music and you let it know, you let Hyped it know what, what you want, right? Do you want to get a Spotify follower for a, uh, for a download or is it a SoundCloud follower? Or maybe is it both? Or maybe you want an email address plus you want somebody to, um, uh, you know, let's say, uh, write about your track on Facebook. Like it's all customizable. You decide exactly what you would like to get in return for each of those downloads. So the, the main benefits behind it are that A, you grow your email list, your fan email list, right? Which is, which is incredibly important. Your email list is probably the most important asset right next to your music. If you haven't built your email list yet, you put pause right now on this podcast <laughs> uh, go into whatever tools you're using make sure you're collecting fan email addresses because that's something nobody can take from you and the email list is what you need to uh, engage your fans to make offers to your fans also backup of your fan base by the way so um, you let me know if you want to dive deeper on that. Like, I can go on a rant how important an email list is for music. I, do you know? I, uh, I I'm completely agree. I to be honest, let's I, let's go into how deep uh, how why important email is. I um yeah, I completely agree. You you're renting that social media space and you don't really own it at all. It's just like the amount of like it can change in seconds. You know, in, uh, we've seen it recently that Facebook, Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram all had a problem, and the whole world sort of melted for 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 twelve hours while they sorted it out. And yeah, exactly. If you had it, whereas an email, you just you've got it, it's yours. You know, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the the simple way I look at it: if you have a follower on Spotify, you don't own that followers spotify owns that person right or owns that connection if you have a follower on soundcloud you don't own that connection soundcloud owns that connection and we've been reminded of the fact that those connections on social media platforms are owned by the platforms not by us several times myspace being an example right um not everybody still remembers myspace but it certainly it certainly had a, played a big role in in, in music and a lot of artists build build significant fan communities on MySpace and then MySpace went away and people lost their entire fan base. Um, or, you know, Facebook initially would share you, the content on your Facebook page with all of your fans of that page, right? And, and obviously a couple of years back already, they started limiting the organic spread now you have to boost your posts in order to reach fans that you probably maybe have also paid at least time and energy in getting so you think about that you you pay time and energy to get a like on your facebook page and then you got to pay facebook more money to put your content in front of that person right that is i mean it's a great business model from Facebook. It's a great business model to Facebook, for <laughs> Facebook, right? So kudos to them that they that they're able to pull it off. But but what a what a change um, in in sort of the rules for everyone who invested heavily in building their Facebook page. And again, the risk you run is if you just focus on connections on other people's platforms, you don't own those connections. That platform does, and they can either go away or they can start suddenly charging you money for it. So, but email is different. Email, you own, it's your lists. You own it. Nobody can take it away from you. If Facebook uh, goes away at one point in the future, if SoundCloud goes away at any point, if, if, if new platforms pop up, email is, is likely not going away. I mean, I would, I'd probably take a bet that even in five or 10 years, we're still sending emails to each other. Um, so that is, uh, that's, that's the most important tool and and you can also it's it's flexible on content right you can use emails to engage your audience around exciting content you can use it to introduce them to offers that you have whether it's a gig that's coming up whether it's new music you're selling whether it's merchandise um and 
again, it's a backup. If any of those platforms goes away, you have your email list. You can you can email everybody. Hey, you can find me now on platform X Y Z, right? And they can come over and connect with you over there. So, um, so if if you don't have an email list, I think you're putting yourself at risk. Um, and I, like the example I use often, I, I mean, for all of us who make music and we're in the studio and everything is digital today. Like we're all making backups of our music, right? I don't know anybody who's like not backing up their the, the files for their for their DAW or um, or the, the you know the, the the master or the bounces or whatever. Like you back it up because you know if you lose that file, you lost a piece of your music. Like that that really that would hurt. That's really shitty. Um, but but I don't, like you may not have that same mentality yet to your fan base, and that's you know that's one of hopefully maybe the big takeaways from here, like have that same mentality for your fan base. And the easiest way to back up your fan base is to have everybody's email address. Yeah, I agree, 100%. Um, let's just talk about um, some strategies. What, I guess, you know, we want to put a tracker on SoundCloud and get the maximum out of it. What would you, what would your strategy be? What's the maximum, when you say the maximum out of it? Uh, do I don't know. I guess. I guess. Like, I always think. Like, I want followers on SoundCloud, but is that all I can get out of it? Is that? Can I? Like, for me, I've got a couple of strat. I like. I know we spoke before, and uh, I was running, you know, three or four gates off one my my one thing, and it was, uh, it was definitely helping a little bit, but not really. Like, since I've pulled it just back to one gate for SoundCloud, it's working a lot better. Should I be doing, you know, Instagram as well? Because that's where everyone seems to be. The whole world seems to be at the moment. Um, should I be doing Spotify at the same time as my SoundCloud? Because that's obviously where you're going to make a bit more, you're going to make more revenue down the, down the road. Yeah. Well, let me, here's, here's what I'm doing. I, like, let me share oh. w what I'm doing. So, um, and, and I, th I think I, uh, you know, went a little bit on a tangent there about the benefits of a down case. Let me, let me sum this up again. Uh, just one more time it, it'll make more sense so uh again download gate think of it like a music store you trade music for contact information and social support so three three key benefits to that uh, to remember first one is you grow your email list you get your fan email list we talked about why that's important second is you get viral distribution from your fans uh and the simplest way to do this is to just build soundcloud repost into your gate and every time somebody downloads it they will repost your track on SoundCloud, which gives you viral distribution. And then the third one is you grow your social connections on other platforms, like a follower on SoundCloud or follower on, on Spotify or YouTube, or YouTube subscriber, like wherever you want, you, you grow those connections. So email list, viral distribution, and social connections. So these are the three benefits. So um, my recommendation is, um, as a music artist, take a, um, take a long view here. Like, don't just think about the track that you're promoting right now, but think about how you, um, and what the best way is and the fastest way to build your fan base. Again, I, I had said initially, one of the reasons why Hype was born is that I was trying to build the fan base much faster than what would just happen organically if I put up music and waited for people to, you know, sort of discover it. So there's a couple important things. So. Um, I have two steps on all of my download gates. Uh, not one, but also not three, because the, the, the steps on a download gate are equivalent to the price of your music on a store. If you have too many steps, it, it'll become harder for fans to get the music and less fans will come out on the other end and have taken all the steps. But I feel two steps is, um, is, is a nice balance. And my first step is always the email address. Not surprisingly, because I'm such a fan <laughs> what I can do with my email list. And then my second step is always SoundCloud. SoundCloud, uh, follow SoundCloud, like SoundCloud repost and SoundCloud comment. Yep. So this gives me like the full spectrum of support on SoundCloud. And this is what I do with new releases. And the reason why I'm doing it with new releases like this is that, um, uh, virtually everyone has SoundCloud. Like I never hear from somebody, oh, I would have loved to download your music, but I didn't have a SoundCloud account, so unfortunately I couldn't. But that's something you will experience with Spotify, for example. If you have a gate just on Spotify, you will have 
um, a situation where your gate maybe ends up in front of somebody who lives in a country where Spotify doesn't even exist yet. Yeah. And then um, they can't download your track even if uh, even if they love it and want it. Um, I don't want to lose an initial fan because of that. I don't want to lose a fan just because you live in a country that doesn't have Spotify yet, right? That country might have Spotify in a couple of months. So I'd rather have you on my email list now and get you on Spotify later. That's why that's why my gate on new releases is always about sort of lowest hurdle to join my tribe, so just like to become part of part of my fan community, right? So again, email and SoundCloud. And then what I do is um, when I hit about a hundred downloads or so, I turn off the comment feature on SoundCloud. The reason why I do this is that once you have sort of a hundred comments, your um, the the waveform in SoundCloud, your, your player in SoundCloud looks really uh, densely populated with comments, which obviously gives your track. Um, a stronger appearance of popularity on SoundCloud, right? I mean, I'm not sure if you agree with that, but if I see yeah. a track on SoundCloud that has like tons of comments on it, I gravitate towards it. I'm like, ooh, like a lot of people comment on that. There must be something going on there. Let me check out that track. Um, but then once you reach 100, I take that out because it eliminates one of the gate steps. It's like if, if a fan wants to download the gate, if I have a comment step on SoundCloud, they actually need to type in a comment. If I take it out, they don't. So it makes the download process a little bit easier for the fan because at that point, I'm thinking about um, maximizing conversion and new comments will hardly be visible on that on that crowded waveform anyway. So I, uh, after 100 or so, I shut it off. Um, only the only the, the comment, right? I leave on SoundCloud like repost and follow. Yep. And, um, and then, you know, then when I have sort of follow-up releases, then I bring in other gates. I bring in um, a Spotify gate, for example. So I would email that to my email list. So everybody who's on their email list, now they can unlock a track by following me on Spotify. Um, and uh, if you email the gate to your list, you don't need that email capture step anymore because you you have that already. You know, the only reason you can deliver that gate to them is because you, you have the email address. Oh, so, so now do you, you do you have a separate gate for Spotify that's just got Spotify just separate just Spotify gate and then you email that out? Yeah, I, I will actually have I will use multiple different gate types for the same release. Like if I have a new right. track out and I promote that to a new audience, I will do that email plus um, that email plus SoundCloud gate, right? But I create another gate for the same track um, that will be um, Spotify, for example, or Instagram, for example, so that when I can, um, uh, so that when I email that to the list, right? They already, they, they came to this list because again, they gave me the email, they followed me on SoundCloud. So I don't need to duplicate that process for them. There's more value for me now uh, exposing them to uh, or connecting with them on a different platform. Right, that makes sick. Sense. That's really sick. So, so yeah, no reason to just have one gate per track. Like, again, yeah, you can create multiple gates for your same track depending on sort of what audience you're using. And then, um, and then uh, like the other, the other big thing that I'm always always trying to do is I'm trying to get my track into the charts, um, into the hyped charts. That is because that's. That's free marketing, like free promotion. If you yeah, can get free your traffic, social, free social, for me, it's a free social piece of currency. Yeah, it's what well, it's it's something um, it's something to talk about. It gives you yeah. content to share, but the charts obviously get visited by hundreds of thousands of people there every month, and and uh, and if you're in there, you're picking up more plays, you're picking up more downloads, you're picking up more fans, people who just found you in the charts, and um, and so how do you get into the charts? Uh, we, um, I, I get asked that question sometimes, and I will, you know, I will stick to that answer. That sort of the exact algorithm that we're using is something that we haven't published, and we'll probably um, want because we're we're proud of the charts being being sort of true and 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 not manipulated and those kinds of things. Because um, we want sort of equal chance for all musicians. But um, uh, but what we do. Uh, what, what we do have is that we monitor uh, the, the tracks performances over a five day um, over a moving five day time period right so today's charts would be based on all the activity on your track 
yesterday, the day before, and, and so on. So the last five days, right? And then tomorrow's performance would be based, or to, tomorrow's chart ranking would be based on today and then the prior four days. And what that means is that if you want to maximize chances of getting tracks into the charts and getting them trending and hyped it, you're better off compressing some of your promotion into that five-day uh, period, right? Because if you have more activity happening over a short period of time, then you're you're more likely to get picked up by them and then make a chart ranking out of that. And um, I mean, this is not something, you know, we invented, I mean, sales charts work that way and, you know, sound clouds, um, uh, trend list works sort of in similar ways. It's all about compressed bursts of activity over a short period of time. That gets your, that gets your music trending on, on charts or trend lists. And that's always, that's always a good place to be because it's free exposure. Right. That makes sense. Well, wow, that's really that's that's just just opened my mind a load, man. That's uh, Jesus. Oh, there's some stuff I'm going to definitely start doing there. That's yeah, I'm really pleased. Um, I hadn't thought about doing multiple gates and haven't using the email that way. That's really cool. I don't know why I didn't think of it, but yeah, that's really cool. Uh, and I guess that kind of answers a load of my other questions about how you build yourself on Spotify. Do you use gates on Mixcloud? That's one thing I wanted to know. I've tried it once, I think, but it didn't really. I don't know if it worked or did you get many people using it on Mixcloud? Um, Mixcloud is probably one of the, um, the the platforms that gets a little bit uh, used less on our platform, and um, uh, but but it works, right? It, it works. It's just I don't think it's as widely used among music artists, and um, it's probably obviously more genre focused. Maybe that's not obvious, but I, I think of Mixcloud as a place um, that hosts mainly. DJ mixes, obviously, in the electronic music space, and, you know, maybe disco or those kinds of things. But um, I'm not sure you find an equal number of jazz mixes or other music styles there, which is is a little bit different to other music platforms. So maybe it, maybe it leans a little bit in a specific direction in terms of music genres uh, and usage. So we, we 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 integrate with it. We have um, we have a, a proper mix cloud gate, um, but it's not. It's it's certainly not as widely used as some of the other platforms that we integrate with. No. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice. Um, and you mentioned that you're integrating um, um, into Messenger. That's uh, that's cool. I, I love Messenger, and I, th I think it's an emerging platform for sure. I love I love the Messenger bots, and I think there's not enough DJs are using those for sure. Definitely. So yeah. Yeah, message. I mean, you're um, you know you're getting a little bit of a preview here, but we're just a couple of days um, away from launching this, um, and that'll be an exciting an exciting integration. Obviously, uh, a lot of folks look at Messenger as a better email email tool. Uh, not bad. That's maybe the wrong way to say it, but but a better newsletter delivery system, so to speak, um, because the uh, the open rates on messenger um at least from the stats that i'm i'm reading and that might be boosted a little bit but but most folks i guess agree online that messenger open rates can beat email open rates um and uh, so it, it can be an effective mechanism to deliver news to your fans so yeah we're, we're excited to um to roll this out and and bring this to our artist community. Um, I will say for, for me personally, it won't beat email again, because a messenger subscription again is another thing you don't own. Facebook owns it. And yes. if they decide to change the rules or take it away, they will. Uh, and um, I mean, you can already see that messenger uh, has changed sort of the rules a little bit because Facebook is obviously trying to capture most promotional content through its ads platform, monetize it through the ads platform rather than, you know, have it spread for free on the platform. Again, yeah. it makes sense from 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 their business model. Um, but uh, I think I think we're um, it's still early. I still I think there's a lot of interesting things that will happen on Messenger. So, messenger 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 audiences feel like email in the nineties. How how do you mean? It feels like you know email in the nineties. You 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 got you got a random you got an email you got you you got emails from your friends and then you got the odd promotional message 
an email and you were like, oh, wow. But then in the 90s, you were still, oh, wow, I've got an email. It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, how exciting. And messaging yeah. still, the open rates is because you still open every message. And as soon as everyone starts hammering it with promotional stuff, you're going to be, it's going to be like your inbox, your email inbox, where you kind of go skim through it and go, I open that one, open that one. Oh, that's not worth it. I'll delete that one. Um, and that's when the open rates for Messenger will go down massively. I agree. I agree. Yes. Yeah. There's there's some some novelty to it, which, uh, yeah, gets people excited about getting messages and, and opening them up. I absolutely agree. I and the same, the, the same for like broadcast lists in WhatsApp and Telegram. I, I use them a little bit and they're very much the same, you know, as uh, they're even, their open rates are even higher, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess one of the things I wanted, I guess you've kind of touched on Mixtile, but I guess one of my questions was what's one of the most underused parts of the platform that surprises you? Um, I, it's a great question. I mean, uh, I, I think, I think the email capture step in the download gate is underused for its value. Yep. I think there's there's um, there's lots of artists out there who value a social follower higher than a fan email address, and um, I think I think it's it's the opposite. Um, again, this like you can build your fan your fan gate in any way you like. It's fully customizable. You can run it with email address. You can run it without email address. Um, and obviously, you know, lots of people are, are taking advantage of the email capture feature. I think it might be a little bit underused for the value it delivers. Um, and uh, and then there's follow-on features that you might be a little bit underused. For example, we have, um, you might be using it. We have an automation system where any email addresses that your download gates collect get automatically synced with your email list and. Mailchimp or whatever email marketing tool you're using, so you never have to, you know, go through the process of exporting email addresses and importing them whenever you want to send a newsletter, right? You want. I don't do that. Just, I don't do that, but I should be doing that for sure. You should be doing that, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's just a, it was just painful exporting your email addresses, and importing them each time you want to send a newsletter, make sure everybody gets it. Now that that's sort of, you know, you don't have to do that. This gets all automated. So we, we have an, um, an automation set up there that you can find under your account settings. And then um, and it works, it works like nice. that. I'll be doing that. Um, cool. <laughs> and, um, and, and I will say this, like, you know, last year we launched, uh, we launched a feature called loud links, um, which uh, was, a little bit of sort of a new invention, um, which is which is getting more traction, uh, but maybe not as um, maybe not to the degree that I think there is potential there. Um, so let me quickly explain what it is, just in a sentence or two. So Loudling is a way that you can share links with your friends or your social media followers, whoever you share links with to other content. It doesn't have to be your music. It can be um, it can be links to anything, to find a YouTube video you saw you want to share with someone or a link to a news article you saw, a link to a cool website that you found. Um, I mean, I, I don't have to, um, you know, I guess make a point that link sharing is just <laughs> an everyday part of us interacting online. Like people share links all the time. So with loud links, you can uh, you can shorten your link into a unique URL that we generate for you. And with that unique URL, we have the ability to put your music into the destination page that, um, that you're sharing. So let's say you're sharing a funny YouTube video. Uh, you can just share the original YouTube link and everybody who clicks it will get to that video. Or you could set up a loud link on Hypedit and then share the, the Hypedit loud link with your with your fans and they would still get to that same youtube video but um on that same page there would be like a music player at the bottom with your music in it so it's a way to insert your music into everyday content that you have and uh or that you share i should say every content that you share and uh, just uh just, just a way to share music sort of along the way with everything that you're doing online every day. It, it'll, like one loud link will not get you from zero to hero, right? You, you won't have one loud link and become 
um, become an overnight success. But uh, with so many things that we do as musicians, it's it's all these little actions that accumulate, right? You you have, you share one loud, you, you share a second one. If you make it a habit, every link you share online, you put your music there. Imagine how many hundreds and then thousands and tens of thousands of additional impressions you would gain over time. Um, so uh, that's um, yeah, that's an exciting little marketing feature that we've built into the platform. But I think it hasn't uh, it hasn't been discovered. As, as much as I as I hoped yet. Nice. Okay, let's just finally wrap this up. Do you have any super bonus tips for building your profile using uh, your systems? Super bonus tips. Uh, that's great. Look, I think I think I think I I think my super bonus tip was the was sort <laughs> yeah, of the, the chart. The, the chart tip, not the email. <laughs> the email is that's the. I think I think <laughs> I think getting your how to get your music into the hyped charts? I think that'll be my that'll be my my super bonus tip, which is really compressing your not all but but um, as much of your promo activities as you can on sort of a five day period around your download gate. And um, I will say we have had artists in the charts who started out with you know a couple hundred followers and fans, um, and they promoted their track, which gave them maybe another 100 or 200 and then all of a sudden that track was in the charts and it was a really good track and it stayed in the charts for a couple of weeks and they came out of this entire release with all of a sudden like 10,000 or 20,000 new fans and it was all a result of, of their charts. So, um, Amazing. I guarantee obviously it depends on how good the track is, how much staying power it has in the charts. I will just say if you have good music and you get into the charts there there's a there's a, an absolute chance that the that the free results that you do you don't pay for any of that the charts is all free traffic but the traffic the downloads and the new fans that you're gaining for the charts will from the charts will eclipse whatever you did in direct promotion up front so it can be an extremely powerful tool um and uh and you know if if your mentality was okay let, let me spread out my promotion over four weeks equally and just just do a little bit every day over four weeks then uh, again my my super bonus tip or tricky would be try doing it the other way around try saying let me do a lot over five days uh and compress all of this up front to give yourself that push towards getting a track trending into the charts Cool. That's cool. Thank you very much, man. Thanks thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for your time. Uh, this actually has been a bit... I've, I'm, there's some, a load of stuff I'm going to go and test out myself. I thought I knew a lot about the platform, but there's... Yeah, I'm glad that I've got some... Even I'm getting stuff out of this way, which is amazing. <laughs> awesome. Well, Graham, thank you so much for having me and, you know, uh, giving me an opportunity here to, to chat with you. Um, that was a lot of fun. So thanks again. Cheers, dude. Cool. Have a good one.